You're listening to a Bored to Death Hero Cast, talking superhero anime and other hero fare in easily digestible chunks. Hello again, ladies and gentlemen, and other assorted gender assignations. Welcome back to the Bored to Death Hero Cast. I am Jay, being joined by Sam. And we are back to continue our binge of My Hero Academia Season 5. Fell behind by a couple of weeks. <laughs> Yeah, um, a lot of lot of interesting situations. Yeah, going just on. real life got in the way. We'll just leave it at that. Um, so we've now got three episodes to binge through. Um, as, as we're about to kick it off with uh, episode one hundred overall of My Hero Academia anniversary special. I guess. Anniversary special, sure. Um, when we last left off, they'd finished up the Class One A versus One B uh, story arc. Uh, Class One A, of course, came out the victor. Which kind of surprised me. I was half expecting it to end in a, in a draw, or at least a, a much closer, like three to two, instead of three to one and one. Half. Don't forget the half. That's why. That's why I said oh. three, three to one to one because they lost because uh, one B won one match and then neither team won one match. So um, and Deku is having to deal with the fact that another uh, aspect of powers he's inherited from One for All has uh, manifested in the Black Whip thing, which he's you know doesn't quite yet understand how to control. And kind he of locks it away, kind of. Uh, yeah. Um, well, less sort of locked it away and just more like he still is working out how to tap into that power, whereas like the, the strength-enhancing uh, aspect of his... Of his quirk was like the earliest one to unlock, or like the easiest one to unlock, basically. It was um, the the literal power that uh, had been revealed to the wielders at the time, mm-hmm. and yeah, and there's a whole thing about how Deku may be the one to fully manifest all, all the power, all of one for all. So that's his sort of destiny within the, within My Hero Academia to be the one to. Complete one for uh, one for all. That's what it was. But the one thing I really like about this this stuff's coming up now, mm-hmm. but it was hinted. It. it was hinted in like the first season, like oh, there's more powers in here. It's a stockpiling quirk. Yeah, and then it's just him just coming to terms with four seasons of the super strength, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, oh, you thought you, you thought you had uh, control over the over everything. Guess what? <laughs> control to about what thirty percent? I think he had. Uh, yeah, he'd only sort of tapped into like 30, yeah, like maybe somewhere in the 20s when it comes to just the strength, the strength enhancing quirk. Or like the keeping it on all the time. Right. Well, being able to to use uh, the strength at the strength alone at that level. Yeah. Um, without having something there boosting his body's healing factor. Yeah, without Aerie. Yeah. Yeah. Because we remember when he tapped into like the strength at a hundred percent with Harry riding nuts. on his back, it was straight up DBZ style fighting. Holy crap! But this way you could actually see what the hell is going on after a while. Yeah. Well, I mean, in DBZ you can see what's happening, even if their arms are sort of blurring. They're like right there in front of one another, just sort of like jab block, jab block, 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 block. The, the one look that that I just want that as a background. The still look of him looking like a complete psychopath. <laughs> Um, oh, it looks so good. So, yeah, we've... Now we're moving into... You know, past that arc, they're 
They've been hinting at the the villain arc for this season, which Ooh, is boy, it kicks off. Uh, yeah, that's right. Because you will have seen this stuff already. Uh, I'm the one who who tries to. Oh, it's right it about to go down. So Dobby is about to get a little bit more. Uh... Kinda. It's it's a little bit bigger than that. Okay. So sort of showing more of the overarching villain stuff and not just the the focus villain for the. They season. they mentioned one of them when they were talking about the different uh, villain organizations. Uh, is this the meta liberation thing? Okay. Uh, yeah, I can't remember if they'd mentioned that previously in the oh, series yeah. that I'd seen, uh, or if that was just something I accidentally picked up on when I was like reading TV tropes. Because one of the times it was like, oh, going about the meta liberation army. Like, like Destro, right? Wasn't that? Yeah, De- Destro is the one that actually wrote the book. That's right. He wrote like the manifesto or whatever. And then at one time, like uh, our previous season, someone went streaking into a building or something crazy or maybe he had That's a right. that was or on, something. That was on the Twice uh, Focus episode, I believe. Yeah. It was like something happening in the background while Twice is just sort of in his own head dealing with, dealing with his own... Uh, uh, his own demons. His own dissociative identity disorder. Thing. Oh, well, yeah. Really more like multiple personality, less dissociative. Yeah, literal. dissociative identity disorder implies that the, that the identities are being formed... Because they're trying, because the person is trying to dissociate themselves from whatever happened. Yeah. And in Twice's case, it's less that and more just he just generated multiple personalities. Yeah. Um, it's an important distinction in, in this in this case. Uh, but at any rate, so and then after episode one hundred, we've got the Christmas special. Not sure why Christmas is not as big a. Uh, holiday in japan as it is in in the western world well they make it look like it though well yeah because well and i, I think the, well i think the japanese it's less the, it's less a spiritual holiday for the japanese and more another commercial sort of sort of thing well, what what shocks me about is that they literally just drop it in july with no f's given i mean again the japanese have no real attachment to it in a spiritual sense they don't have like the winter solstice aspect of it necessarily connected to it then again maybe it was due to covid it got pushed back it was originally supposed to be a holiday release but everything maybe. got pushed back because of covid and because they were committed to doing like a simulcast with it they maybe had to hold off until the uh english vo- the english voice production could keep up who knows um interesting fact about you know interesting trivia f- thing you know what uh, is s- sort of seen as a quote-unquote traditional um, meal for Christmas in Japan? What's that? KFC. Nice. American hol- <laughs> holiday, a Christian holiday with <laughs> a American. Western holiday with an American with an American fast with American fast food. There you go. I mean, they like. I mean, go for it. They man. had like a they have like ad campaigns where it's like Kentucky for Christmas, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Man, I mean, I, I wish they would open more KFCs. They've been closing them around here awful lot. Well, that's because Chick-fil-A is just like a freaking juggernaut and just sort of steamrolls them. There's like a Chick-fil-A down the street from a Chick-fil-A that's down the road from a Chick-fil-A. Yeah. yeah and then you get your mobile order's kind of jacked up because you're like, go to the one, you're like, oh, crap, that's the one on the other side. Oh. Yeah, because there's like two that are equidistant from, the, from, from our house. Um... Not that I uh, go to Chick Fil A, but that's that's a topic for something not related to binge cast. We're not going to yeah. get into it. 
At any rate, um, ready, ready to jump into this bad boy? Yep, we got so we got a three episode, like I said, three episode binge episode, the anniversary special, as it were, uh, the like. Christmas special, and then we're moving into the next arc. And from the little blurb that we briefly saw there, it looks like we're going to be focusing a little bit on Endeavor, which means we're going to get uh, we're going to get some Shoto in there. Because oh, yeah. you can't because the two are so entwined you can't really separate you can't really have one well, once of, half an arc on one without the other one once half there. of the other one and of course we both know we both uh, suspect and it's pretty much all been stated that Dobby is the the eldest uh, Todoroki brother oh yeah uh, Toya I believe yes Toya Todoroki so yeah we got a three episode binge to go through here so that, I think, will wrap up this intro, so we'll see you after the binge. Hello, and thanks for listening. While we're binging, please give us a like and subscribe. If you want to reach out, do it via our social media on Facebook or Twitter at BTD underscore BingeCast. The Board to Death clan is part of the CKCC radio family, including J Bunny's Music Hub, The Race Nerd Podcast, Real Paranormal Talk, Ranking Tracks, Motivational Moves, The A-Show, Park Hopper 101, and The Nerd Table. Please consider supporting CKCC Radio on Patreon so we can continue to bring you podcast content. And now, the binge is done, so let's get to the discussion. And we're back. So, yeah, they sort of neatly kind of, they sort of neatly wrap up the, uh, uh, 1A versus 1B uh, storyline, or arc at least, and they laid the groundwork for the next uh, villain arc, but not exactly who we were expecting. Uh, well, not exactly, it wasn't the League of Villains that uh, like I was thought we were going to get instead. Nope, they stepped up the, uh, the Liberation Army thing that, as I mentioned, I, it had either been mentioned previously or was something I maybe picked up off a um, the TV Tropes page. But, yeah, they, they did a lot to sort of... Um, well, they wrapped up in basic. It's like Shinso is going to get moved up to uh, the hero course starting next yeah. term. There was, a, there was a little bit of joking about, like, who's gonna, who are they going to drop from, uh, from 1A or 1B to make room for him? And I don't think they're going to drop anybody. Well, no, th- that's what the students seem to think. And oh. so they were discussing it. And, you know, it's like Pinky was just like, can we drop Mineta because he's literally the worst? <laughs> <laughs> um, Mentioning his uh, happy accident. Yeah. Or which, lucky, which, we know, which we know accident. was not a happy accident at all. I mean, granted, he did save her from a shot. So mm-hmm. he's... He may have positioned himself to where it would benefit him most, but he still did what he set out to do and on both fronts, so I'd say that's absolute dedication then. Yep. Um, Perverted dedication, but... Yes. Uh, and we, got, we found out that Bakugo has been training with Deku to help, try to help him tap into uh, Black Whip you know, and, his, and that power, but... Deku basically compares it to like, or you know, says that he sort of visualized it as he uh, was locking it behind a door, sort of thing. Excuse me, one moment. I just noticed we got another little bug crawling around. 
about that. Got a little bug crawling around on the floor. It's just those hot days that drive them inside. Yep. I'm not sure why. You'd think the hot they would be happier out in the heat, but whatever. Anyway, um, as f they... Where, where was I? It was... Uh, yeah, with the Black Whip. And uh, Deku had sort of said he visualized locking it away because he recognized that he wasn't yet ready to use the power. And so he's now just tr working on trying to visualize it as if he were unlocking the door. But when we see him try to manifest it later, he gets like a brief little wisp of it. And he's just like, yeah, I did it! But, you know, everybody's very much not impressed. Um, and we also got to see more of Aerie. Yes, Aerie's absolutely adorable. She must be protected at all costs. Yes. I was getting diabetes from from those scene from all the scenes with her, starting with her and Mir with Mirio teaching her how to write. Yep. And I, which that right there was just sort of like, oh, that poor kid. She's been isolated. She's been isolated Hard. so much and not been allowed to be a kid, and it's like she's now getting to be a kid, and it's the most adorable thing. Um, but they actually had her. You know, had Monoma meet with Eri uh, because they wanted to. Uh, as as Izawa explained, it's like because Monoma can copy a quirk, uh, we were hoping that he could copy her quirk, figure out how it works, so that when when her power returns to her later, he can then teach her how to use it. Which was a great idea. It's a very good idea. And Monoma, you know, you know, touched her. You saw him grow a little horn from his head, and he's like. Nope, sorry, it's a blank. And then when he when they when uh, they asked him to explain what that meant, he's like, what, what, "What? I heard that we said that last time." What, what? You said you said that when you tried to copy uh, copy my quirk, and he said it's it must be a stockpiler. Uh, Thankfully, they, nobody knows that all f that uh, one for all is a stockpiler. is a stockpiler. But it was, you know, he basically they basically explained it's like when it comes to a quirk where. A uh, person needs to stockpile something to make use of their quirk. They used fat gum as an as an example. Uh, fat gum has a lot of strength, you know, and and durability from his quirk, but it relies on him, you know, like consuming a lot of calories and basically holding that uh, holding that ready. If uh, Minoma were to copy it, he would then need to consume a bunch of calories to build up the fat to to uh, to make use of it. Problem with that is you, uh, his, with that is Monoma can only copy it for so long. Yeah. So he wouldn't, wouldn't have been able to make use of it that way. Still, you know, the fact that they, uh, were thinking ahead to, you know, Ares going to need help trying to harness her quirk when it returns. So, um, and Aerie was just, you know, blaming herself for all the trouble that they're putting, they're putting, in to try to help her out and Deku came in with the great thing it's like powers aren't inherently good or bad it's what you do with them and he's just sort of like I'm sure you're, I know you're going to get you're going to get you're going to learn how to control this and you're going to do great things with it he compared his comparison from that was also like comparing it to like an, uh, a knife in the a kitchen a finely sharpened knife a finely sharpened knife yes it can be dangerous but if you use it right you can make delicious food with it <laughs> 
kind of a weird. It's a it's a weird one, a but clumsy it, one. It's a bit clumsy, but the intent was there. Yeah. Um. It sort of goes in with the whole you know guns don't kill people, people kill people, sort of, sort of mentality. Which, yeah, um, I can sort of see where that where that's going, but um, and yeah, yeah. Uh, and one A and one B got to mingle a little bit, uh, you know, because that's towards the end of the term. They they got the fighting out of their system, and everything. The only people that weren't there were Bakugo and Shoto because they were going to take their provisional licensing exam uh, from their after their remedial course, <laughs> and they got uh, put through it by uh, Gang Orca. Gang Orca again. We didn't see any of that, but after that, we got we saw a group of thugs riding the oh, yeah. riding the freaking tidal wave, uh, snatching purses, and I'm just like, really. You're gonna unleash like a tsunami through the town, and you're literally only using it to steal purses and wallets. Well, remember this is leading up to Christmas, so it's shopping holiday time. This is true. So your people are stacked. Yes, but you're only going after purses and wallets because they figure if it's one second, one back again. I that bug just will not die. Uh, Martin, this is making for great audio, I'm sure. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Um, but I'm just like, if you're going to go after anything in the holiday season, target the stores. Uh, this is one way they can do it to uh, not have as much cameras on them, be seen as much. This is true. They're just zipping through. This is true. Um, regardless, uh, as this is... As they were looking for a clean snatch, grab, get the fuck out. Yeah, and I suppose that's a that's a good way of looking at it. But uh, the pro- Shoto and Bakugo, not even like half an hour after they uh, got their got their provisional hero licenses, <laughs> spring into action. And yeah, the the lead thug who had like a carbonation quirk. Uh, he could control water, essentially, but it, he controlled it by, con, like, carbonating it, sort of. And he had support gear that he bought off the black market. That was also extremely uh, volatile and dangerous. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, you know, he and his thug sort of talk some trash, and Bakugo just immediately just like, bam, 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 bam. <laughs> takes out all of the other thugs, like, instantly. And Shoto, like, Uses his like uh, the same movie used in the in the sports flash stuff. freeze yeah the flash freeze heat wave that's what it was uh, to to take the guy down it's like don't you know carbonation goes flat in the heat mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and it's just the little moment to sort of show that the that the kids are gonna do are gonna do well and All Might was there he mostly just was trying to keep the civilians out of the way. And out of harm, out of harm's way. And after everything is done, this hero called Slide and Go, uh, who basically has the power of Heelys on his feet, <laughs> uh, he rocks up. He's like, "I'll take care of it from here." Uh, doesn't seem, you know, just seems like a random guy until random until, goofy until he turns up later. Uh, we'll get we'll get into that in a bit. But uh, then in the Christmas episode. 
we started with you know nine days ago in Deca City. Uh, huge like destruction, like tons of buildings collapsing, and we saw what looked like Tomura Shigaraki. Just losing his mind. You know he's all he's like covered in blood and laughing his head off. Uh, although we found out later in the episode that there had been some, there'd been like a riot with like twenty people that like leveled the city. Um, so that's gonna be that's gonna be a thing <laughs> later. But in the aftermath of their step of their stepping in to stop Carbonation Guy, Bakugo and Shoto were basically gonna get in, were interviewed by like a morning show. <laughs> and, and, Shoto, and Shoto is just so stiff and formal. It's just sort of like he's suppressed his emotions for so long that he doesn't really know how to people. And Bakugo is Bakugo. <laughs> you know, it goes about as he's about as good an interview as you would expect. Um, you don't hold back. And it it basically led to the, to after they were done recording the interview, they edited it down and completely removed Bakugo. So he's literally just like in the peripheral. And supposedly it was like an hour long interview, <laughs> and it got paro- you know, narrowed down to like uh, ten minutes or something. Um, you get your head examined. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this was then. This was then the like in rela- this was then in relation to the Deca City thing, as they showed like other like. TV well, the show. best part was that that interview was their third interview. Yeah, <laughs> oh, boy. Um, but yeah, this was all in relation to more like TV footage that, that they showed of like news programs uh, talking about the sort of upheaval that's been going on in the Hero Society since All Might's retirement, Endeavor's uh, elevation to the number one hero, and Hawks Hawks's whole speech. After he was after he was ranked number two, uh, it's like there was concern that the that people would start turning against the Hero Society. But the interviews that they showed, no, people were still generally pretty hopeful that the that the heroes would would get the job done. Because because Natsu was there to tell everyone. Yeah, because of the look guy, <laughs> the look kid, as they call him. <laughs> they call him the look kid, but he's but it, it, it was freaking it was it was it was freaking Natsu. <laughs> I like how they kind of made him a. They went from like a background side character to. He's Actually. Kind of, he's kind of got something going on in the show, so it's not like he was just a one off throwaway. He was a one off throwaway, but he was a significant one off throwaway. It's like in One Punch Man, there was like the first. Or no, not One Punch Man. It was like here. Sorry, it was here in My Hero Academia, the first baby born with a quirk that glowed. That's literally just a, a single background thing, but it's the one of the most significant things there. We don't we know nothing else about that about that baby, but that was the first baby born with a quirk, and illumination. Um, but because of uh, their bad interviews, they, you know, one A had to do media one hundred and one with guest instructor Mount Lady. <laughs> Well, they were probably already planning on doing it, but they had to speed it up to bring it in closer since they're starting to get interviewed about things. Yep. And now that all of 1A has their hero licenses and they can start doing hero work. Because also, guess what? Work studies are coming back. Mandated. Yep. Uh, 
Not a suggestion, mandated. And that's because it's coming down from the government. Because because of the intel they're getting from Hawks. The intel they're getting from Hawks and... The the city. Yeah, and, and, well, that's sort of tying into the... to what happened in the the next episode, which we'll get to. Uh, But the whole, like, mock interviews that Mount Lady started putting them through... It's just like Shoho is still just being too stiff and just sort of like taking everything way too literally. <laughs> oh, if you smile a little bit, you'll knock the ladies dead. It's like they're gonna die. <laughs> oh my gosh, I, I will kill people. <laughs> it's, like, it's like so disheveled from it. <laughs> so, Shoho doesn't know how to people. It's <laughs> poor, poor kid. I want to know how old Mount Lady is if she was crushing on on Shoto when yeah. first thing he said. Well, she's a fairly young hero, I guess. Yeah. So I'm, I'm assuming she's around the same age as Hawks. Hawks, 22? and that Hawks is like, is like, yeah, Hawks is 22. I'd say Mount Lady's like maybe 24. Even so, you shouldn't be crushing on a, on a, on a, fr- on a freshman like in a high 15. school. Yeah, he's like 15. It's like, Mount Lady, come on. Oh, she, uh, she mentions, his, well, I mean, yeah. his, her type. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bakugo in his mock interview goes well it's Bakugo (laughs) enough said there Shoto trust me and uh, and when Deku (laughs) did his mock interview he's just like stage fright (laughs) I loved it because (laughs) Hikari like when did he learn to harden like me (laughs) no that was that yeah, that was that was Kavanari he said it for a moment I thought it was Kirishima because he was like he like got him all stiff and everything but no, it was really more like Kaminari and his hey. Oh, I met Kirishima. Yeah, Kaminari Kirishima. Okay, yeah. It oh. was, I was, so I was right. It was Kirishima. Okay. Yeah. I was like, well, am I losing my mind and now forgetting what the two of them look like? Because I could have sworn it was Kirishima. Yeah, it was Kirishima. My brain just got the case. Because I was like, yes. I remember Kirishima from like when one A and one B were mingling in the previous episode. Him and Tetsu Tetsu were getting into an argument over which of. Which of them was more manly than the other, and they were each claiming the other one was more manly than them. <laughs> um, what? Oh, I thought I heard something. Okay. Um, but with the work study thing, Principal Nezu's basically, you know, explains to All Might and the rest of the faculty that the government is asking for them for to requesting to, is requesting, no, and by that. and by that it's like you're going to do this. Uh, putting the heroes, putting the students into the field for, you know, in the field experience, because heroes are, there are less heroes apparently out there than there should be. Uh, Midnight even commented on it. It's like, I thought there were, there were too many was the, was the problem. It's like, what's happening to them all? And when 1A gets the word that they're going to do the work study thing, that they're all getting excited, it's like, going back to their to the agencies they've been interning with and everything uh, but Deku says that uh, Sir Nidai's agency has said no, sorry we can't we don't have time to take you on right now we're we're way too busy um, and when Bak- when they ask Bakugo if he's going to return to best genist we got a little sort of flashback to yes his time with best genist where the best genist is trying to be encouraging, you know, while also trying to rein in Bakugo's worst impulses. Uh, but we saw, like, Bakugo looking at, like, a news report saying that Best Genist was missing. 
I think that takes place before the next episode that we saw. Yeah, um, or that scene from uh, uh, the next episode took place before uh, before that the Christmas party. Because yeah, everybody's there and like everybody's talking like the work study stuff uh, while they're at the while they're having their Christmas party. Everybody's wearing their little Santa outfits except Bakugo. And Which every he tries to have yeah. a good <laughs> and uh, every one of them their Santa hats like bobble was unique to them. It's like uh, Froppy had like a little frog head on it. Uh, Ura- uh, Uraka had like a little uh, like like a little planetoid with uh, with rings around it. Um, yeah, it was just it was a cute little thing, and then. Aizawa show turns up with Aerie. And uh, God, the sweetness might made my teeth rot. Because <laughs> the cutest damn thing. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't because she hasn't had any sort of fun in her life before. We saw that when uh, at the UA festival when you know they're take, she's like having a good time with a smile on her face. It's like the first time she's had she's been allowed to have fun been able to smile because mm-hmm. she's been literally tortured the most abusive upbringing possible yeah um literally cutting heels and cuts and heels and taking her apart and put her back together mm-hmm. and anytime she tries to act out you know they like uh over overload was like uh overhaul overhaul was like gaslighting her or not gaslighting her but basically you know it's like look what you're gonna make me do you know, heaping, heaping tons of guilt on her. Uh, but it's just like when uh, Aizawa just sort of prompts her, it's, uh, you know, it's like, what, what did I tell you to say? And she's like, trick or treat? It's like, no, no, not it's that like, one. All right, here, here she is. She's like, I'm supposed to say trick or treat? <laughs> it's like, no, no, not that. And she's and then she's like tossing like some like rice. Like, it's like, she's tossing like sickness and in health. No, not that one. <laughs> so I guess even further. And then when... Uraka goes up to her. She's like, "Here, do you want these I painted, eggs? I, I made these, these eggs." <laughs> and she's all gives her some Easter eggs. She's like, she's like "It's so." Fr- Have yourself an airy little Christmas. <laughs> it's it's just, so just too much. I love her. You know, she's she needs to be protected at all costs. Um, and the stinger in the episode was Shoto going to Deku and Bakugo. It's like, if you guys don't have a, a hero agency to go to, why don't you come with me and train under Endeavor? So, that's what they do. But, whoo, the last episode in this three-episode binge. Whole lot going on there. Because we had Hawks uh, talking with Dobby on the phone, and there was a noted lack of trust between both of them. Like, uh... Dobby wasn't happy that uh, Hawks was had been with Endeavor. Yeah, because he was supposed to be. He was prompted to bring a hero for them for their high end Nomu to kill, probably to test him out the most mm-hmm. and get it back, not yeah. get it killed. And uh, instead, he showed up with the number one hero. Uh, and in Hawks's case, is like, well, you didn't exactly give me a lot of forewarning about when this was going to happen. Um, but long story short, in that whole conversation was Dobby's like, 
they, the league needs a show of loyalty. And This time, don't make it the number one hero. The, yeah, this time, don't make it the number one hero. So it's just like, ooh. Because the next scene after that was Hawks visiting Best Genist. Who yeah. still who was still alive basically had been laying low because he was still recovering from his confrontation with All for One, where he lost a lung. Yeah, um, and yeah, we the next thing the last thing we see was Hawks basically drawing one of his feather swords, <laughs> and then they cut away, and we don't find out what happened to Best Genus. And then Hawks is flying around with a big duffel bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Expecting a uh, call from... Uh, from Dobby. And they're late, or they're not calling, and he's just freaking out. He's like... Well, and he's also aware that he's under surveillance. But, from what we saw later in the episode, not necessarily from the League. Yeah. Because we saw him later flying out to some uh, like big sort of... Compound. Compound out in the, out in the forest... Where he meets with Slide and Go, and then we see somebody, we don't really see his face, but somebody with a laptop, and basically, and from what the laptop guy was saying, it's like they'd been monitoring Hawks the whole way out. Uh, that, you know, Hawks is just sort of like, I went to go get some coffee. To go get some coffee, no offense, but the stuff here is, is like sewage. <laughs> Sludge. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we noticed when we saw you on the camera, you almost got dark and uh, well, freaked and ha- out. And also, like, with the whole thing, Slide and Go is just like, you should have asked for permission before you, before you left. And remember, I outrank you here. Basically, you just. And I, when he said that, him. I'm like, dude's the number two hero. How does it. And then, and then it was like when Laptop Guy showed up, I'm like, oh, this is not what, what, what I thought it was. Um,. Uh, yeah. Uh, as for the, and with the one A students, they got leave f- to go home for New Year's. So Deku was able to visit his mom, who was all still worrying about him, still constantly on the verge of bursting into a flood of tears, but also starting to starting to realize that Deku is probably going to be okay, despite her despite her fears. So. Um, it's understandable. That's all she pretty much has left. It's yeah. her son. And then uh, Deku and Bakugo and uh, Shoto meet up with Endeavor, and Endeavor's just sort of like doesn't really like them because, <laughs> well, let's face it, this is still it, while Endeavor's doing better, he's still just sort of like I only have well, time. his his more not liking was because Bakugo's abrasive as hell. Yeah. <laughs> Deku, what Deku said at the sports festival. Yep. Deku had made a bad first impression. Bakugo is too similar to Endeavor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Old Endeavor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but while uh, he's meeting with them, he basically then s- starts responding to something before the uh, before the students even pick up on what's going on. Uh, and it's just sort of like, I don't have time to... Uh, time for this. If you want to learn anything, you better you better keep up. It was like you stay back, stay back and watch, and so they have to basically rush to keep up with him, because that's when we meet another apparent villain, the servant of the stars. I think is what they called him, 
basically like a mad prophet that can control glass. Hey, it's like absorb it into like like a giant crystal it. ball, basically. He's like sitting on a bunch of crystal balls, which he calls his throne. And he basically like shatters like all the glass and the skyscrapers around him, and then just sort of like com- recombines it into it. a giant crystal ball. Uh, he's claiming that the end is nigh, uh, you know, and there's uh, like a sickness or a darkness coming, and that needs to be it needs to be purged. And Endeavor shows up, you know, destroys the giant crystal ball with the flash of heat, starts heating up the throne. So <laughs> Prophet guy's just like, nope. <laughs> That's more like he said. I could my my throat's burning. My, my throne, distance. my throne is burning. Did you say throne? Throne. I thought he said his throat. I mean, there was a lot of heat, and when when glass heats up, it gets hot. Dude was sitting on it. <laughs> but so he just swoops off and starts starts trying to escape, and he's trying to lead Endeavor into an ambush with some of his like flunkies. And the students are right there, ready to try to spring into action. But Hawks swoops in, takes the... All three of them out. Yep. Right in front of them. And then he basically sort of in code tries to... is Seems like he's just making some sort of small talk with uh, Endeavor. But he's really trying to pass along a, pass along a message by handing him a, a copy of the Meta Liberation War which had been written by Destro. Uh, that's the guy that we mentioned earlier in uh, the twice-focused episode uh, from a previous season. Um, and the whole, like, encode thing had been established earlier when Hawks touched base with the government to, you know, sort of pass along some information to them and basically said, I'm being observed, and we can't be sure they're not listening to my phone calls, so everything's got to be in code now. Yep. And... Then he, uh, you know, as he passes this stuff off to off to him, he gives a, gives some copies to the students also. Well, I like how like Dick is like, oh, maybe I should read into it and see. He's like, see, see, but I've got an issue. I got copies for all of you. Yeah. Oh wow! Not only is he fast, but he's also prepared. Yeah. And the the kids are brought to the Endeavor Agency, which is big. You know, they I think they said like thirty sidekicks. Uh, wow. Yeah. Like hundreds of people working there trying to keep track, like hundreds of incidents that they need to re- respond to. A day. Yeah. A day. Uh, and Endeavor is then in his office, like flipping through the book, you know, looking at the highlighted passages that uh, uh, Hawks had mentioned. And he's reading through them and he's just like, I'm not sure what he's trying to get at here. And then he remembers something else that Endeavor had said, or not, uh, uh, that Hawks oh. had said, that like this. This, this look at something about like it's in the second part or the uh, so pay attention rec- to the second part. It's like I recommend uh, the second part or something to that effect. And that's when uh, Endeavor puts it together, like the second character in each of the highlighted uh, highlighted passages assembles a message, and the message was more or less: the enemy is the Liberation Army. They number over one hundred thousand. In four months, we need to be prepared because that's when they're going to strike, and that basically puts a puts like, a uh, puts a name four months to action. Yeah, and so it's like that's what's going on at that compound. That's where all these heroes are disappearing to, and it's just like 
Yeah, I mean, the League of Villains are not exactly, uh, not ex they're dangerous, but they're small in number. Uh, Meta Liberation Army is a freaking army. Literal. You, a, a literal army. This is not just some, like, edgelord naming his, naming his little group of fellow edgelords, you know, an army for shits and giggles. This is a literal army. You know, at least in, in terms of sheer quantity of individuals. We don't know how organ how organized and how militarized they may be, but yeah, they've got surveillance equipment and on compound and, and a big ass compound. They've been recruiting tons of heroes. We thought we thought Hawks was just was just trying was just a spy for the league, you know, spying on the League of Villains. It's like, no, <laughs> he's got his fingers in a bigger pie. Mm-hmm. League of Villains is like they need to keep tabs on them because. You give Tomo Shigaraki too much too much free time to plot and scheme, and he's gonna he's gonna do some serious damage. But yeah, when you've got an army of over a hundred thousand, including heroes, villains, and, and mm -hmm. other degenerates, that's a like, that's yeah. a big problem. So yeah, that's so yeah, a hundred. Was it a hundred thousand uh, over over a hundred thousand? Yeah, that's and then you've got no pressure. If it's in Japan only, then you're you're looking at. We've only seen a handful of pro heroes, and you've got only uh, a number of top twenty five. Mm -hmm. And it's like twenty five versus a hundred thousand plus. This is why the government wanted to get the students out there, you know, because they need more bodies to deal with this. And yeah, that's gonna be a serious problem. Uh, but it was, yeah, the new like I was like I've basically been saying the entire first half of the half of the season. It's just like we're dealing with this the UA arc, you know, with the one A and one B stuff. But uh, while well, some villain stuff is sort of going on in the background, and the latter half of the season is when we're going to step up and deal with the villains. Oh, well, did we step up? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, hey, it's the first time in, in five whole seasons that the main focus of villainry isn't just the League of Villains. I mean, Overhaul was the main part of last season. Yeah, but the League of Villains was still connected to that because Twice and, uh, and, Toga. and Toga were were there and literally they were only there to spy on <laughs> to spy on the Shihisaikai and they ended up taking them down taking them down and not only taking them down but stealing their life's work <laughs> overhaul's whole plan is just sort his of like, life's work his, and life's, his ability to use his quirk yep it's just sort of like yeah um you you say i don't play well with others you're right <laughs> uh but by, by the way i'm taking your stuff and I'm taking your hands. I'm gonna take yours, and then freaking compresses like, and a hand for a hand. Yep. Yoink. And just yanked his arm. You know, and as I think you have pointed out, with the doctor, you know, and their their proven ability to basically take people's quirks and implant them into others. They have a sample of you know the very thing that Overhaul needed to to use his powers. Yeah, if could you imagine? Because the the whole scene with with again who we're assuming was Shiga, was Tomura Shigaraki at the beginning of the Christmas episode with the Deka City thing, and 
I think I and I and I've commented on and I've as I've commented on this, he and Deku are very much sort of foils for one another. They're both coming up in their respective sides of society uh, in a very similar fashion. They're both being mentored by the number one in their respective factions. What? I know. I was just staring at the show. Okay. Um, with you know Deku being trained by the number one hero and. Tomura Shigaraki being trained by uh, the number one villain, an all for one. Yeah. And it's while Tomura has stepped up and is starting to evolve into the mastermind villain that uh, you kind of need to have as the opposing force to the sort of Superman type, like uh, like Deku or All Might. He, if he wants to be able to actually go toe to toe with. Uh, with somebody with the potential power as Deku, he needs to get a serious power boost to hang. And if that is him, then he definitely has a power boost. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and again, the the League of of Villains. That well, because they did. They they got the pat the the container that had the quirk uh, the quirk destroying bullets and the uh, quirk restoring. Or the they quirk enhancement have, things. So maybe that's what he used, and, and he was just testing it out. Maybe. Um, we don't know for certain, but... Because that definitely seems like a, just a straight enhancement of what he can do. Yeah, it's just, I'm wondering, All for One is still alive, and he's... they. It's basically known, he's only locked up because he wants to be. Because it, it serves, serves it serves it serves whatever his his long term goal is to be out of circulation, and because if he wanted to leave that leave Tartarus prison, there's not a goddamn thing they could do to stop it. Nope. I mean, maybe if Izawa was there, but Izawa could only probably cancel out one of his quirks. Although that's a thing. Does Izawa's quirk just shut down all quirks? But does it, but he's only yeah we've seen him use it on multiple people but is it only canceling out one quirk per person? He shut down Deku. Yeah, but Deku was really only using the strength quirk because that was all he knew how. He does had. it shut down the base quirk? That's the thing. Because if his base quirk is shut down, then all of his stolen quirks go too. Not re- well in Deku's case, not really stolen, but no, I'm talking about. Oh, like, but you're talking yeah. about in you're talking about if you were to use it on all for one. Yeah, I mean it's an interesting it's an interesting thing, thought. I don't know if they ever have had him confront confronted by Aizawa in some fashion that that didn't involve uh, Aizawa getting taken out of the equation immediately. The closest I can think of is the USJ. Uh, they had to take him out immediately because he was he was the best foil to what they had. Well, and he was also the only pro hero on the scene at the time. Yeah. Uh, All Might showed up, and once he showed up... Yeah, well, 13 sure. showed up, and um, Snipe did, too. Yeah, but uh, they showed up after All Might had basically... Uh, well, it wasn't... Thir- 13 was fighting earlier. That's right. Well, but... So there were only, like, two pro heroes, but Aizawa was the, ma- was the more serious threat with his quirk negation ability. And it's like the Nomu just showed up immediately, just, like, took him down, just... <laughs> thumped his head into the ground. Um, 
and basically kept him pinned with his face down so he couldn't look at anybody to cancel the book. Uh, I don't know, but yeah, stuff's starting to get real in the uh, in uh, My Hero Academia with a literal army. Oh boy! Yep, and Dobby is de- is also being focused some in a lot of this stuff with. And it makes sense with Endeavor getting more focus. Uh, also, the the last episode that we had the new intro. Oh yeah. Which and during that opening sequence, we saw a number of characters we don't know yet. And based on the revelation at the end of this episode, I'm gonna guess they're leaders of the Liberation Army. Probably. Um. So that's gonna be. That's definitely gonna be uh, a thing. I wonder if they're gonna try to break them out of. All for one is not somebody you, you know. I don't know if having him out would necessarily be in their in, be in their best interest because I don't know that their goals and all for ones necessarily align that that much. All for one would absolutely make use of them, and then be like, yeah, no. After after well, they, they, they their their things definitely align because the breakdown of the uh, hero society. Yeah, That's but exactly I get what the impression Shigaraki's that, going for. Mm, which I mean, he wouldn't be going for unless he I, had I said I said him. all for one, not Tomura Shigaraki. Yeah, but Shigaraki wouldn't be doing it on his own. This is true. He he was pushed to go in his direction by he, all for one. Yeah, but at the same time, Tomura, Tom, at the same time, Tomura Shigaraki would probably not try to uh, take on the take on Tartarus prison. Without some serious backup, which is probably why the Liberation Army got mobilized. I don't know that the the Liberation Army is necessarily aligned with the League of Villains. I, I don't. I don't, I don't think that they're an aspect them. of the League of Villains. I think they're just another vil, vil, villainous organization that is. Rising I think to power. it's. I still think it's suspicious that we didn't see the guy on the laptop. The voice wasn't at all Shigaraki's, but he didn't touch the laptop ever with all five of his fingers on either hand. Yeah, but that could that's that's a that's a good po- that's a good point, but it's also, it's also just, but it's like, also just like a sort of art sort of like but they style. never showed his face. He was wearing similar clothes, kind of lanky in the fingers, like real thin. Yeah. gangly kind of person. So it's possible, but I don't know. I suspect the Liberation Army is a separate faction. And that being said, Tomura Shigaraki would probably be like, "I can make use of this." And well, I think that the big the big thing with that is that Shigaraki's always complained that he wanted he wanted to build, he wanted more. Mm-hmm. So if he has a way to manipulate them, like Destro wrote the book, all right, cool. Let me say that I'm part of this and be a completely different person by not wearing all the hands and changing my voice a little. Yeah. The thing is, he's got a very distinctive look about himself. Then again... He always wears them hands. No, I'm not talking about the, the hand over the face. I'm talking when we see his actual face. Oh, yeah, that's why they didn't show it on the show. Yeah, but I'm just <laughs> saying... Well, yeah, that's fair. Not, it's not as if many people know what Tomoro Shigaraki looks like without the hand over his and face. And most of the time, he's not seen. He's not around where a lot of people can see him, or... He's as, not on camera. As befits a mastermind. Well, he it's, always has warp gate with him. Mm-hmm. Now, it's possible that 
Tomer Shigaraki is sort of manipulating things within the Liberation Army. I, it's it's too soon to tell. The whole him the whole laptop guy not touching it with all five fingers on on his hands. It's possible that's an indication. That's also just an affectation that I could those, also that those through. sorts of that those sorts of characters tend to tend to have. Anyway, could also go through the voices and see who voices. Are. Yeah, but that would be cheating. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a good three episode binge. I'm sorry that we took so long to get to it, but <laughs> right, we got around to it. And- you feel better for watching it? Yep. Uh, so, yeah, we'll be doing some more. Uh, my, we'll continue doing My Hero. Maybe we'll try to get back to doing it once a week. Uh, unless we end up in a, in, a, in a case where you and your pre-watching are like, this would be better as a, as a two-part yeah. thing. Uh, we hope to continue get, to get back into One Punch Man. Soon and finish uh, out yeah. season two. We gotta push through that. Uh, and then maybe, and then we'll touch on some other some other anime. It's not like we've got a shortage. <laughs> no, no, we don't. But that's for another time. Demon Slayer. Oh, there were some other there were some other things I wanted Uh-oh. to I wanted to I wanted to bring up while we were the unwrap of the wrap up. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was and it was and it was to do with uh, powers and personalities. It, this was something that I had uh, that. In my, you know, reading, like, TV tropes, like I like to do sometimes in my, in my free time, I'll literally just pull it up, click on, click random trope, and then just read through it. And there was one about, uh, like, I forget the exact name that they had for it, but it was a case, but the trope was sort of describing when the personality is sort of opposite of what you'd expect from, based on what their powers are. Like, the, the typical uh, person with flame powers tends to be hot-headed. Uh, Endeavor, like Endeavor, uh, you know, a person with uh, with ice powers tends to be much more cool and stoic and everything, kind of like Shoto. But uh, it, but this trope was specifically where you have a person with you know who may use ice powers who's much more friendly and outgoing and you know and everything, or not 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 like that. It was more like uh, a hot like a short tempered person with ice powers and a. And a person who uses flame powers—that's much—that's much more calm and collected about about things. Um, and as I was reading through the through it, it basically commented on how much, how many characters in uh, My Hero Academia sort of fit that trope. Like a person, like a like character. Blaze, she seems pretty forward and like Burn. You mean Burning? Is that her name? Burning, yeah. Burnin. Uh, or I think that's that's her name, uh, but. Like one of the examples is uh, like a character with inv- with the power to turn invisible. They're usually like sort of shy and introverted. Well, that's kind of how we uh, associate. You're right. In general, but here in My Hero Academia, the girl she's really not. She's she's very outgoing and 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 uh, you know and friendly with everybody. So sort of opposite of what you'd expect based on what her power is. Um, and. Her, her and Pinky kind of share a similar uh, right attitude. because and Pinky, she her powers are is acid and most characters you know you would expect with characters that have like a power that's related to like acid is going to be mean and sort of like a poisonous sort of sort of person they're just like very mean spirited always belittling people putting them down just like a nasty person to be around and instead you have Pinky who's like the nicest person oh, she's the, she's the sweetest of them all oh I don't know. Ochaku. 
Oh, uh, Uraraka is th- those those three <laughs> together. Well, she's a lot more bubbly. Yeah, um, very fitting based on her weightlessness <laughs> quirk. Um, but yeah, just it mentioned like a, like how many of the character those characters are uh, characters in My Hero Academia uh-huh. so have personality sort of. Mendetta opposite. has sticky balls, and he's a perv. I mean, that's a case where the personality sort of fits the quirk. But, in, in like, take um, take your sort of, like, nine vulnerable bricks, like uh, like your Superman or uh, or All Might. You know, they, they tend to be very sort of bombastic and, 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 and all, and, uh, and, and everything. Deku, who has that same sort of power set, but he yes. wasn't born with it, too. Yes, so that's but, the thing. But someone but, but, growing up and born, or like growing up and having a long time with it, can get there. Mm-hmm. He's still learning to get it, and also he was already kind of like a withdrawn, shy child to begin yeah. with. Um, also, wanting to be a hero and not having a power to become a hero. Right. But it was it was just an interesting. It was just a thing I uh, was sort of while we were watching like the intro to the first episode that we were that we were watching today that suddenly occurred to me i jot it down it's like this is something to talk about and now i've sort of brought it sort of brought it up but it was a it's just it was an interesting uh thing that i just read last night that i was like that when it came to mind again i was like yeah i should probably talk about that on the on the binge cast but so but yeah i think i've sort of tapped out on stuff to talk about for <laughs> for this week um unless you had anything else you'd like to add i'm good all right so That'll go ahead and wrap up this edition of the Hero Cast. So for Sam, I am Jay, and we will see you next time. Plus Ultra! Thanks for listening to the Board to Death Binge Cast. Be sure to check out our library of past podcasts via CKCC Radio or via our YouTube channel, and give us a like and subscribe. We'll see you after our next binge.